Um, Janine? Yes. On a scale of one to ten, one being you don't you don't deserve the oxygen of this planet and you're lame. Ten being Harry Potter is love, Harry Potter is life, <laughs> praise be unto his name. Wow. One to ten, how big of a Harry Potter fan are you? I'm gonna go with six and three quarters. <laughs> wow. Six and three yeah. quarters. All right, I have in front of me. The unofficial Harry Potter insults handbook that was given to my girlfriend by my mom. <laughs> and I'm going to read you some, okay? Okay. Ollivander gave you a wand to match your head, thick and hollow. Wow. wow. <laughs> uh, you're so dumb, you joined the Death Eaters because you were hungry. If you had a phoenix... It wouldn't bother with rebirth. <clears throat> Calvin. Yes. If you don't quit reading these, I'm hanging up right now. <laughs> I would do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the You Show Show. It is the show where you show things. I am Kelvin Lazen McMurray. I said it. I said my name this time. Um, today I am joined by my very good friend, uh, Ms. J9, uh, a.k.a. Janine Early. Hello, Janine. Hello. How are you? So good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome to the studio. It's Thank you for having me. Thank to, you for yeah, having me. It's good to have you here. Um, Janine... Um, you and I have the exact same job title. Yes. And this is how you and I have met and become friends is through our job title. And, um, let's announce our job title. I actually came up with an idea. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do two things. Okay. We're going to announce our job title. I'm going to say one word and then you <laughs> say the other word and then we'll finish out the sentence going back and forth. Make sense? Okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then everybody listening at home uh, go put on a pair of Crocs and your favorite pair of sweatpants and get in your most comfortable chair because this is going to take 10 years where we announce our job titles because uh, it's I, I love the work, but I hate our job title. I'm going to just go ahead and say that. So, um, Janine, we are freelance. Motion. Graphic. Designers. Yeah, yeah, we did it. There we go. It only took five fucking years to announce our job title. Yeah, it's a job title where, like, you can go to any small town bar. Like, like you can go to, like, the teeniest tiny town in Wisconsin and be like, I'm a motion graphic designer. And they just shake their head and they just stare at you and then they slowly take a drink of their beer. And they're like, that sounds great. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't it? It does sound great. Thank you. Yeah. It's not easy, easy to describe, for sure. No. And it's just like... I, I Like I said, I love the work, but I always feel like the job title doesn't really describe what we do. And, like, <laughs> it holds the actual jobs of, like, 20 different categories all within the same title. Right, yeah. Like, I know you do a little bit of 3D work, but I don't. And uh, But we're both motion graphic designers. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was actually at an agency once, uh, and um, they came in, the, the creatives came in to give me the, the project files to get working, and they handed me a hard drive and I was going through it and looking at like the script and the storyboards, yada, yada, yada. And then he was like, yeah, in this folder, you'll find the dot OBJs. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> and um, for anyone that doesn't know, that's uh, software for, uh, well, it's files for a 3D software. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm not a 3D animator. 
And the guy was like, I thought all you motion graphic designers were the same. And I was like, wow, that's a little offensive. Like, you know, we all don't <laughs> like the same types of chocolate and we all go to bed at different times of the day. Like, come on, dude. Like, we're not all the same. So, yeah, it depends on what who I'm with that I have to de- choose the words to describe what we do. Because sometimes I'm like, it's like animation on TV. You know, when you see uh, like like text move around on screen. I kind of do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, I see the text move in like infomercials. I'm like, no, not like that. Not, <laughs> not that low caliber. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll just, we'll just leave it in the magical fantasy realm then of what it means. Um, but that is what we both are is motion graphic designers. And um yeah, we've known each other for quite a while now. It's been um, it's been an adventure of seeing each other through work. We went that one time. Remember that time we had we went to that. It was like that meet and greet. Oh, what the hell was that? It was like a meet and greet for like agencies, but it was for them yeah. to meet like actual like the big uh, like post production studios, and you and I were there, and we figured out that we weren't really. It wasn't for us, so we just went to the bar and got drunk and like yes. kind of ignored everybody. <laughs> that actually was one of the more fun meet and greets I went to. <laughs> exactly, that was probably the best meet and greet that we've ever been to. At least I have. Yeah, exactly. That was fun. So, um, um, so we are both like audio visual people. Uh, that is, that is, that is very much in, in the blood of our work and like the geniuses that we are, we decided to go with a medium that is a hundred percent visual and zero percent audio <laughs> and then talk about it on a 100% audio program. Um, but we're going to be talking about comics, uh, specifically, uh, uh, Janine, you decided to share and to talk about, uh, the wonderful, amazing comic Kelvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for me to share with you, uh, I decided to share The Far Side, uh, which both are amazing comics. Two um, classics. Yeah. They really are very different. They're very different, but yet they're also kind of similar in the terms of like their timeline and like the story of their creation. But um, we'll get into all of that. So um, a good place to start is at the beginning. Uh, so as I always like to ask of all like the comics in the whole wide known universe, uh, why Kelvin and Hobbes? Why Kelvin and Hobbes? You know, it's funny because I was thinking like this was always such an important comic, I feel like to me growing up because so I was introduced to Calvin and Hobbes, you know, in the mid 90s. I was probably junior high, high school age. And, you know, it was like one of those comics that showed up in, in the paper where you would like read the funnies on Sundays and it was so different from the others. And I don't know, it just kind of spoke to me and always stayed with me and I bought all the books. And now when I was thinking about talking about this um, comic strip on this podcast, I'm like, what? what is it? Like, how do I like articulate what is so important to me about this comic strip? And I don't know, <laughs> it's just always resonated with me. And uh, I, think, I think what it is, is Bill Watterson is such a, he's such an interesting guy anyway. Like there's a lot of backstory to him, but um, I feel like he's such a mindful, like thoughtful writer. And then mixed with this really creative imagery that he came up with just, it was like the perfect merge of, of a comic strip. That's just sweet and funny and sarcastic. And I don't know. I just always need my Calvin and Hobbes fix from time to time. (laughs) Dude, I hear you. I'm right there with you. I, um, I grew up with this as well. Um, 
I swear to God, no joke. It's actually where my name came from. Um, yes, I want to hear that story. <laughs> uh, well, it was mostly just my, so my mom and my dad, um, they, they never married. I was uh, kind of an accident, but I'm, I'm a happy accident. I'm proud of it. I'm okay with it. And um, anyway, my dad had the comics, the books uh, at his house. And um, my mom saw the books and uh, I don't know if she was privy to it, but I, she basically said like, Hey, Kelvin is a really cool name. Uh, and then X amount of time later I was born. And as they were coming up with names, they just, Kelvin stuck. So, I mean, it's not a super crazy story, but, um, it is where my name came from, which I think That's is pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Kudos um, to your mom for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that is, this is, this is the book that gave me my name. So for that, I, I will always love it too. Um, but to summarize, what Kelvin and Hobbes is, yeah, that's like a, I don't even know where to start. So <laughs> I guess let's start with like, what, like, what are the, like, what are like some of the main takeaways for you from this as a whole? So it like really spoke to me when I was a kid. Like it was, I could tell it was really smart, but I have to admit, you know, being like 13, a lot of the things that were being discussed, like really went over my head because like sometimes they get really heavy. Like they'll talk about death and life and like sometimes they'll even talk about politics. And I'm like, I, I know this is a smart comic, but I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. So it just <laughs> spoke to me in that way. But other times it just was like really creative. Like I feel like, you know, it would, he would, I know he would always try to break this idea of like these structured boxes and would try to like use the entire page as opposed to like stay within each boxes. So just visually it was a lot different. Um, and I know, I know Bill Watterson really fought to, to get that creativity in his strip. Um, but then on the other hand, like it just was like really kind of stupid, funny, like <laughs> stupid humor that just like really makes me laugh at the same time. So I don't know, like you just, you're just, you just live in this. We just want to live in this world. <laughs> and it's, I think it's like, um, it's it's interesting because yeah it's it's a comic that a, a, a kid could read and laugh because here is this little boy Kelvin who's getting tackled by his imaginary stuffed tiger friend Hobbs and so for that there are funny moments and yeah like there are some um, there is some of the humor too that even now at the age of thirty four like I don't get I'm sure I could look it up and be like oh okay yeah I get it now but at the same time too it's just kind of like okay well then this one wasn't for me. Um, and that kind of goes into the idea of like the dynamic of Kelvin and Hobbes, which is really interesting. Um, so I guess to briefly summarize and help me out if I if I miss anything, but basically Kelvin Hobbes is about Kelvin, who is a young boy. Like I've always kind of pictured him like, I don't know, like seven, maybe eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has his, his imaginary stuffed tiger that comes to life. That's always been like a debate in the question of like, you know, is Hobbes real or mm-hmm. is it just the mind of Kelvin? But in my my thing is always like, well, it's it's never mattered. It's mm, yes. always just been like Hobbes is always just there when Kelvin needs him. Mm-mm, interesting. And like one other side note I've always noticed with the comic is that like um, you meet other characters um, throughout the entire series. But generally it's Kelvin and Hobbes, his parents, which you mm-hmm. never figure out their names. Um and then, um, like Rosie, or excuse me, Susie. Oh my gosh, is like the um, <laughs> pretty much those are like the main characters of the story. 
Mm-hmm. And you do see some of like the other kids with friends, but you never see Kelvin with friends. And so that's mm-hmm. where I've always felt like Hobbs is Kelvin's friend. And so it doesn't matter if he's real or not, because you know what I'm saying? Like it's um, Hobbs is just there and Hobbs needs to be what Kelvin needs. Even if it is sometimes an argumentative little shit, he's there <laughs> as a friend for him, no matter what. That's I love that. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That's a that's a really nice way of thinking about it. Um, one of my favorite books is actually the um, Calvin and Hobbes tenth anniversary book. And what's so great about it is I, I don't know how they chose what strips went in this book, but uh, Bill Watterson actually has a comment about each comic um, underneath. And in the beginning of the book, he actually kind of introduces each character and what his thoughts were behind each character. Each character. So he actually says that, you know, the the idea of like Cal or of, of Hobbes coming to life and, and turning back to a stuffed animal isn't important. It's kind of more about it just kind of shows that it's like the metaphor of everyone has their own perspective. And I think that's really cool. And I've always kind of felt too like it's it's he's the voice of the alternative choices that we can make in life because they often don't really mm. agree. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've always kind of felt like it's like the not like it's like the devil and angel on your shoulder, but not in terms of like good and evil, but more in terms of like who is correct. And but that's philosophy. Uh, there is no right and wrong answer. Everything is based on perspective and own personal experience. And mm. um, but yet they do. The thing that is genius about the comic, in my opinion, is that they both hold true to their own sides. Like Kelvin is kind of dumb. He's really smart in a lot of areas, but generally overall, he's kind of dumb. And Hobbes is a little bit more smarter, but Hobbes is a little bit more cynical. Mm -hmm. And he likes to play into that Mm -hmm. with Kelvin. Like he'll tell Kelvin, yeah, you're correct, but it's only to mess with him. (laughs) Um, And so it's kind of like, well, then again, like who is correct? And um, growing up, I don't know, I always felt like I was a little bit more on the side of Calvin, but maybe I'm biased because we share the same name. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a it's a comic that can really kind of let you decide to, and it lets you feel what you want to feel about it. It doesn't yeah. tell you. Yeah. The history you were talking about, um, kind of like his uh, like reasons for some of this. I do know um, Hobbs was picked because they had a friend who had a cat named Hobbs? It was his own cat. Um, I don't know. If, no, I don't think its name was Hobbs, but um, I don't remember why the name was picked for Hobbs, actually. I think Shoot. it was, a, I'm pretty certain it was like, it was a, there was a family friend of theirs and they had owned a cat just simply named Hobbs. And that is oh, where okay. that name came from. And then um, for Kelvin, um, he said that um, the, the reason for picking Kelvin is because he would never want to have, I think he said, it's, I think the quote is like, it was either lunch or dinner. I can't remember, but he was like, I would never want to have dinner with, uh, Kelvin being John Kelvin. Oh, uh, I thought in the book, it says that, uh, Calvin was named for Calvinism. Yeah. That's John Kelvin. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I actually, um, can I, if it's okay with you, can I just share you the history super quick of John Kelvin? Yes. So long story short, I wrote it because I, 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 I too was uh, always kind of like growing up, I was always like I'd heard about Calvinism and it was about predestination and I never really knew what it meant. And then I took a philosophy class in college and we got to pick 
like a, we had to write a history report on any famous philosopher, so I actually picked John Kelvin because uh, I had always had an interest in that as well. And long story short, um, it actually his story starts before John Kelvin, and it starts with Martin Luther, who is the uh, founder of now Lutheranism. Right. Um, so the church, long story short, like I think it was like the 1500s, like 1530 or something like that. The church. Uh, they had a lot of power, obviously. You know, they still do. And um, they were granting people what was called indulgences, which is um, like, let's say the church needed, I don't know, like a bridge to be built. They would go up to like a contractor and say, um, hey, we're not going to pay you money to build the bridge, but we're going to grant you an indulgence, which means we can promise that you and anyone that builds this bridge a one-way ticket straight into heaven, no questions asked. Wow. Yeah, it's a little messed up in my opinion. <laughs> and um, and um, Martin Luther caught on to this, and he basically said, uh, and I quote, yo, fuck that white noise. And um, he came up with, I think it was like the nine, it was like the 95 thesis, it was either 92 or 95. And he posted all of these things on the door of the church. He actually went up and he nailed all these different theses on the door. And it was all the things that the church was doing wrong so that people could walk by and see it. And then that began questioning the church, the church and, and, and what they were doing. And he was basically saying like, nobody but God can grant uh, anyone into heaven or hell without his acceptance, not the churches here on earth. That's a mortal realm. So then that started the French Revolution, uh, not the French Revolution, the, the Protestant Reformation, excuse me. And um, John Calvin got involved with that. And then he had the idea, thinking about like God and the creation of everything. And he his philosophy was God created the earth and everything that we see around us, which means then he also created time. And if you have the ability to create time, you have the ability to see time infinitely. So if if you are capable of knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, no questions asked, like if 100% something's going to happen tomorrow, then it's predestined. It's already happened. We're just going to live through the motion tomorrow. Um, he went on to go be a leader. He actually got kicked out because uh, when everyone thinks everything is predestined, crime goes up <laughs> because people were like, well, there's no consequences to any wow. of this. Interesting, yeah. So crime went up, they kicked him out, but then they actually brought him back, and then that's where he died. And he was kind of a strict ruler, um, but he did come up with the idea of predestination. Now, I don't think pre predestination comes up a little bit in Calvin and Hobbes. I'm going on a huge rabbit trail here, I'm sorry, but thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> um, and so basically that was kind of his idea, was again saying, I would never want Calvin, John Calvin, um, at my house for dinner. And that oh, is, interesting. that's the story. That's kind of the history then, um, of, of how Kelvin got his name. Um, <laughs> and so like what you were saying is again, like the philosophy definitely goes into these comics and it's a hundred percent showing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think with that too, it's like Kelvin, again, he's a sweet kid, but like, I don't know if I would want him as my kid. I don't know. I don't have any kids. So I guess I don't have any, you know, super relatable facts. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah well, I kind of take it personally because I feel like the reason I relate to this comic is so much is because I kind of felt like I was a little bit like Calvin growing up. <laughs> okay. What, um, I guess, what in him did you see that you related to the most? Like, I don't know, just like his like sarcastic nature yeah. sometimes or like, uh, 
you know, just always like <laughs> kind of mischievous. <laughs> Super mischievous. Absolutely. For sure. A million percent. Um, you know, like what can I get away with today? <laughs> I always loved his rampant imagination. That was my favorite thing of Calvin was that like, it was okay to, you know, see all of these things that maybe aren't there. Um, was always my favorite thing in him because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if your best friend's a stuffed tiger, then go for it. But, um, <laughs> and that's always too, um, the, so I guess, I guess we didn't, so I guess what's Calvin and Hobbes about, but it's, so it's about Calvin. It is, he's a young boy and he's got a stuffed tiger. Um, the very first comic strip is Calvin is making a tuna fish sandwich and his, his dad says, like, hey, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm making a tuna fish sandwich. I have a tiger trap set up in the backyard. Tigers, like, they go, I can't remember exactly, free, but he's like, tigers go crazy over tuna fish sandwiches, and they'll do anything. They're dumb enough to do anything for a tuna fish sandwich. And then the next frame is Hobbs, and he's upside down with his foot caught in, like, a rope trap, and he's eating a tuna fish sandwich. And he goes, yeah, we're kind of dumb like that. <laughs> Uh, and that's the start of Calvin and Hobbes. So it's even yep. like how Hobbes got introduced in this world. We don't know. Um, I feel like if it was kind of like a modern day comic, we would get the whole like backstory of how Cal or how mm. Hobbes made. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. He's no. here. Maybe Calvin found him. Maybe it was a gift. I don't know, but he's here now. Yeah. Um, what are, is there like, what are some elements and what are some, characters or like comics that like stand out to you as, 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 as memorable from, from Kelvin and Hobbes? Oh, some of my favorites. Um, well, should I read one to you that I think is hilarious? Like one of my favorite funny ones? Please do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I'm going to flip to it. Cause I just got my book here. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> this is my all time favorite. So it's just, it's like four, it's like four boxes and it, he's with Susie and they're eating lunch together and Calvin says, hi, Susie, guess what I bought for lunch? And she put their hands up and she's like, no, no, go sit by someone else. Okay. <laughs> uh, you always say you have, you always say you have something revolting and I don't want to hear about it. And he holds up a, he brings up a, a sandwich out of his bag and he says, gee whiz, what's wrong with you? Lunch is peanut butter. What's so disgusting about that? <laughs> and she, so she just kind of goes back to her sandwich. She's like, hmm, well, Glad that one day out of the year you decide to be civil. <laughs> and he holds up a thermos very proudly. He's like, it's my dessert that's gross. A thermos <laughs> full of phlegm. <laughs> like, that just catches me every time because I don't expect it. It's just disgusting. <laughs> well, like, poor, like, poor Susie Durkins. She's always kind of, she's always at the, she's always at the end of the stick of Kelvin's ideas. You know what I mean? Like it's because yeah. for Calvin, you know, she's just a gross girl. But um, one of my favorite things is like throughout the entire comic series, you actually kind of realize that they have a lot in common because mm. she has a lot of toys, too, that she's playing with her imagination. But we never see her world because we're viewing right. it through the lens of Calvin. And but that is a theme that, yeah, I love in there's a lot of like things that repeat but they never get old and that's one yeah. of them where kelvin comes into the lunchroom with his lunch and <laughs> fucks with Susie horrendously by telling her like oh my mom packed me human flesh sandwich with boogers on top and it's just like dude come on god damn it like just let them just let the little girl you know enjoy your lunch in peace so by the way um bill apparently bill waterson said Susie was slightly based on his wife 
okay. which I think is really sweet. Yeah, it is really sweet. That's because she's like, she's an innocent character in the book for sure. Um, but she gets like she gets a couple of moments. She'll she she does get back at Calvin, which I oh, yeah. do appreciate as well. Um, she's very sassy. <laughs> she's very sassy, and um, she also has like like kind of like. Um, not a sh- like she'll get to like the end of a rope and it's like all right I'm throwing water balloons back at you now and <laughs> yeah. um um she'll definitely get him back as well which I always do appreciate it's not just him always getting her um but um yeah and then there's always been like weird like fan fiction I don't know if you've ever seen any of this where no. um yeah it's like it's like there's people made obviously not from Bill Waters and the creator but um right. from just people writing stuff and posting online. Yeah. There's like stories of like Kelvin growing up and he can't see Hobbs anymore. And then he oh, gets, I've heard of this. Yes. And then he, him and Susie marry each other. And then there's also another crazy theory that Kelvin is the main character from fight club <laughs> that he grows up and his like rampant imagination of having Hobbs Oh my god! Uh, that's eventually hilarious. creates Tyler Durden, and that Susie <laughs> uh, is Marla oh later god. on. Like, like she turns into a drug addict and becomes Marla, and that oh, Fight Club so wrong. is actually Kelvin Hobbs. I know, but it's like, <laughs> like if you, I don't know if you, if you, if you ever go back and rewatch Fight Club, just think about that. And you're gonna be like, oh my god, this oddly kind of makes sense. It's kind of <laughs> weird, but uh, but I also like. One of my also favorite things too is like this um Calvin and Hobbes follows kind of like the Simpsons kind of like South Park where it's the cuz the comic strip ran from 1985 to 1995 right but they never grow up right 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 yeah you know Calvin is 8 years old for 10 years um right, right. and I always like those kind of stories cuz again it's not about the passage of time it's about him in this moment mm-hmm. but yeah and then um other kind of facts too, like you were talking about, it ran in the paper. Um, there were, I think it would run like, I want to say like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cause there's a lot of times you'll get like a three strip story. So it'll mm-hmm. be like six frames. And then the next day is the next six frames. And then the next day is the next six frames. And then on Sunday, sometimes you get like the full big resolution or just one big, cause the Sunday paper was where they could have like the big right. pose, you know, and um, and that was where um, a lot of times um, the Kelvin and Hobbit comic books that were in color were always from the Sunday Post as well, and they were always like right. the bigger, kind of more important ones. But um, but yeah, it's crazy to think that he ran it for ten years, and with effectively again the same characters in kind of the same situations, always decided to come up with something new. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy that it only ran for ten years. It feels like I don't know, maybe because it's it feels like it's always been there. Mm-hmm. It seems like it seems like it's been on for or it's been around forever, but it hasn't. It was only ten years, which seems short to me. No, I agree, but I think it's just one of those things that like it was just like my it was my whole childhood. I was born in eighty six, so I would have been like nine, I guess, when mm-hmm. it stopped ending. And I didn't know that it stopped ending, but I kept mm-hmm. reading this stuff, so it just kind of continued on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you said you have the three giant book collection as well, right? Yeah, I do. And um, yeah, I have it as well. Um, if anyone isn't familiar, they have the entire Calvin and Hobbes collection on three giant books, and it comes in this. Do you still have like the case that it came with? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I love it. It's it's heavy as fuck. Yeah. And um, um, 
it's awesome to have. My dad got it for me, I think, for like my birthday or Christmas, actually, like quite a while ago. Um, the only thing is, obviously, you know, the format of this was to be written again, you know, one episode or one strip a day, followed by again the Sunday strip. So, like, reading it for more than like 30 minutes, I don't know about you, but for me, it's kind of like, all right, I'm good. Like, no, yeah, I think it's only, yeah, I don't think you're meant to like sit for a day and read the mm -mm. all the books. Yeah, no, but it's like if you grab one of the giant books and leave it out, and yes, like while you know, we're waiting for like a producer to give us feedback, then yeah, just read a couple <laughs> of pages and you're set, and then go back mm -hmm. to your work, and then the next day read a few more. It's definitely not something that like you can binge read. No. Uh, and same with same with the far side, which is the comic that we'll get into uh, in our next episode. But um, but it is memorable. Um, what are some of the things in the show that like are worth talking about? Like I can think about. Um, oh my gosh! Um, one of the things that Kelvin and Hobbs do after a while is they have the box. Oh my god! I'm blanking on the name where they can. Um, oh the, yes. What is it? <laughs> It's the trans... Transmogifier? <laughs> Something like that, trans, yeah. Tra oh my gosh, I'm totally... Shoot. I feel like an idiot for not remembering, but basically <laughs> they develop a box where if you stand inside the box, a duplicate of you can come <laughs> out. Um, and there is like a whole segment where at one point Kelvin clones himself and he comes <laughs> out... And his hair is combed really nicely and his clothes are clean and he's like really well kempt and he's put together and he ends up like doing all the chores around the house that his parents are impressed. And, um, and then he's like really nice to Susie and he like wants to play with her and be his friend. And Kelvin is terrified by this because he was like, people are going to think this is the standard of me. <laughs> and he goes out of his way to effectively get this person, this, this other imitation Kelvin back into the box so they can like unwarp him from reality. But my favorite thing in that is again, is never what's shown, but I like this idea of Kelvin actually combing his hair, being clean and going out and doing these chores <laughs> so he can make this situation in his mind a reality. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And so it's, that's kind of one of the beauties of this comic is again, like sometimes the things that you don't see that can make a lot of the humor of this, of thinking about a little boy doing this sometimes is hilarious. Yeah. And totally seeing it through his eyes. So like he really did duplicate himself mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. several times. So there's like a room full of Calvin's like, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I think one of my other favorite ones, mm -hmm. I'm going to go to it real quick. If you're in the book, it's page 195. <laughs> I have book number two open right now. I just grabbed oh. one randomly. I'm actually pulling f uh, from the 10th anniversary, which is, frankly, it's the it's like the book I read the most because I love to read the little snippets from Watterson while I'm reading these. Oh, that's cool. Um, I actually, I don't think I have that one, so. Oh, you should get it. It's, okay. it's really nice just to read like what like what he meant by this comic or like what he was thinking or what he, sometimes he'll just say what he liked most about it or something. So there's this is one comic I, that is one of my favorites where, <laughs> so his dad is sitting in a chair and Calvin just kind of comes up to him and he puts his hands up and he says, Kazam. And then all of a sudden his dad changes into like what looks like a slug like fiction or uh, like a slug bug or something giant reading a book. And his dad just kind of looks at him and says, quiet. <laughs> and then Calvin says, 
Kazam! And he does it again. And like all of a sudden, all the furniture turns into like monsters. And then he does it to his mom. And then his mom just says, Calvin, if you can't find something to do, I'll find something for you to do. And so he goes up to his room and he just kind of opens the window and puts his arms out the window, puts his head down on his arms. And he says, Kazam! one more time. And the entire like world outside his window turns into this really beautiful like alien planet. And like Watterson just did such a good job at like drawing this beautiful landscape that I'm like, he just like with one word just changed his entire landscape on how the whole world looks. And it's just beautiful the way it's laid out. And it's just so creative. And I don't know, when I was a kid, this was the kind of stuff I could not get enough of. Like other people were like seeing this put on page, what was in my head was just amazing. Yeah. There's like a lot of like, he does a lot of like insectoid bug creatures um one of the another amazing dynamics of kelvin is um like the spaceman spiff adventures yeah (laughs) yeah where he's in this lone cruiser spaceship and it always almost every spaceman spiff is him crash landing on a planet (laughs) um and then yeah there's always like a bug insectoid creature that he has to fight off and then even funnier too is that a lot of times that like bug insectoid creature um is his teacher (laughs) (laughs) Um, of his school and it just it makes some of like the greatest humor because like it'll kind of snap back into reality while we're still in that world where like then this bug-like creature's like calvin what's the answer to 43 and then you're like what and then the next frame it's his teacher being like calvin what's the answer to 43 and oh my god it's hilarious (laughs) but yeah those like other i know what you're talking about where too it's like the world when you get to see the world that Kelvin's seen too is like something that's like super magical. Um, it's super fun because it's straight out of a kid. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not glorified to be what it would actually be. It's just straight up how a little eight year old boy would see it, which then other kids can resonate with. So a lot of like dinosaurs, lots of insects and like monsters, but, um, all things that if anyone grew up, playing outside definitely definitely had to deal with at some point or another so another one of my favorites i'm gonna pull it up real quick so i think everyone if you ever read this comic and you're into it could can remember the one where um calvin loses hobbs which is just a terrifying concept it goes on for a long time so i'm not gonna read them all but um like it's just basically he says like he just comes in screaming and says that a dog knocked him down and stole Hobbs and he's just crying throughout this entire thing. But I think what really gets to me is it, it's it's the passage where he's in his bedroom and he's just kind of wondering where he is and he opens up the window and screams, whatever it was I did, I'm sorry already. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think as a kid we've lost toys or something like that and the pain of like losing that is it's real and like really feel that. And, and the idea of like Calvin being without Hobbes is like, well then this comic is just over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's no yeah. Comic, so it's terrifying. And then of course he finds Hobbes cause Susie finds Hobbes. And then like, you just find Hobbes having, having a delightful tea with Susie. <laughs> yeah. He's like sitting down with the dolls. Yeah, yep. that's right. And then I think doesn't, yeah, Calvin at one point he's like, you traitor. Like yeah, <laughs> you went to the other side. And I think one of those things, too, where, like, Hobbs was actually kind of enjoying it. Like, he was getting free tea and, like, cake (laughs) out of the deal. So, um, I also, I always, like, some of the ones that have voiced that out to me is where your Kelvin, like, proclaims his genius. (laughs) Um, which I've, I've always loved. Um, there was one where 
they're waiting for the bus stop and uh, Calvin's like, you know, why should I have to go to school? Like, I'm the smartest person I know. I, I, you know, I don't even need education. Like, I'm going to be set in life no matter what happens. Like, I'm going to do great. And Hobbs looked at him and he goes, is that why you have two legs in one pant hole? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, Hobbs is always there. It's just kind of this little cynical reminder of like, no, dude, sometimes you're not exactly what you think you are. So um, (laughs) I randomly flipped open one. There's one. Calvin says, people don't understand me. They don't realize I'm a card-carrying genius. And Hobbs goes, you have a card? He goes, oh, absolutely. See, it says, Calvin, certified genius. And Hobbs goes, how? How? Erno goes, wow, you have a certificate? Well, not really, but no one ever checks those things. I just say it's at the frame shop. He goes, pretty smart. He goes, I'm a genius. He goes, how did you emboss this card without a screwdriver? And it's just, again, sometimes, like, there's just these little moments, but, like, there are some moments where, like, you were saying they connect into a bigger story. Um, but then there's some, too, where, like, they're not funny at all. Like, like you were talking right. about, you know, Calvin laying in bed saying, like, whatever I did, I'm sorry. And it ends with, like, oh, damn. Like, and I think that's really kind of unique because a lot of times those, like, I don't even know if they make funnies in the newspaper anymore. I don't even know. I doubt it. I don't know either. I have no, I don't get newspapers. I do all my reading online now. So I'm sure they don't, which is, I guess now thinking about it, kind of sad, but um, most of those comics were always like funny, 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 no matter Mm -hmm. what. Um, Right. The far side was always funny. It was never, it was never heartfelt and somber. Um, I was never, I don't, were you ever a fan of Garfield? I never really liked Garfield. I read it. I don't know if you could say I was a fan, but you just read it. Same. Yeah. And like, I don't remember, and I could be very wrong. I could be very wrong. I have no idea, but I don't remember any, again, like any like that heartfelt emotion coming out of like Garfield, a little bit out of Peanuts, but I also wasn't crazy about Peanuts. I think that was... It sounds kind of funny, but that was a little bit before my time. So um, right, no, that's the thing. Like it didn't, it didn't get deep. It didn't ask the bigger questions, and I feel like that's kind of what Kevin and Hobbs does, or yeah. at least would do would do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's really sweet, and it's definitely like um, it'll put you in a better mood. It, it's impossible for it not to, um, mm-hmm. and that is something that I always appreciate. And I think that there's things that. Like we were saying earlier, like it's kids can read it and adults can read it, but it is interesting to even because I've gone back. I can't read all three of these books before we recorded this, but um, <laughs> I just went back and was just kind of like randomly flipping through some and kind of going back and forth. And it is funny too to remember reading some of these as a kid and now as an adult, yeah, right. and kind of seeing things a little bit differently. You know, when Kelvin destroys the vacuum cleaner and the mask goes all over the house now as a 34 year old who owns an apartment if i had a kid do that i too would be mad whereas the (laughs) eight-year-old me was like hey kelvin's just trying to have fun with this vacuum cleaner let him be you know like (laughs) so it's kind of fun how it does speak generally generationally to everyone and um i think that he did yeah he did like an amazing job at creating something that i think is timeless and you can read it now and have the exact same feelings of when it came out from either 85 to 95, which is pretty cool. You can't really say that, that about every, yeah. every comic out there. Um, Even in this book that um, came out, I think in 95 or a year or two later, um, Watterson even says like about, about Calvin's parents that he, 
he kind of regrets making them as harsh. But he said, on the other hand, like the whole story was being told through this little kid. And we're only seeing like, you know, Calvin during these certain situations. But he didn't. So he feels like he didn't get a chance to show his parents be more being more loving and caring. And he, he kind of got some some letters written to him, you know, during the process. But, uh, but so, so even back then he was like, Oh, maybe the parents were a little bit harsh. (laughs) (laughs) But you could also then even argue too, though, that like sometimes that's just what kids see of their parents. And it's not until you're older where you're like, Oh yeah, I I understand why you, you stopped me from putting that fork in the outlet now. Like I, (laughs) I kind of get that. I understand that now. So (laughs) the freak out, the freak out was warranted, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that like, it's again, it's, but he does a great job at sticking through the lens of Calvin though. And I think to, to be an adult writing for a child that's that can't particularly be easy because we all kind of mm-hmm. forget childhood we all lose it you know i don't go outside and just run in circles anymore um unless i've been drinking heavily but um <laughs> which is just too bad <laughs> it is too bad yeah maybe you know what maybe i should just go outside and just run in a circle today and <laughs> take my dog with me so that way it's a little less weird so um but yeah, it's a it's an awesome comic, and in talking too about Bill Watterson, like you were saying, like he's he's a very he's a, he was it wasn't is a very talented person. I don't think he's really been doing any writing. I know he said I know he he continued painting after Calvin and Hobbes, but it was like for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these comics made him a lot of money, um, and he's probably fine. I think he lives in like the east coast shit i can't remember exactly where like i the new york area like Mm -hmm. maybe like pennsylvania i i don't know Um, some new england area yeah exactly and um one of my all the snow (laughs) yeah 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 and um one of my one of my favorite things about kelvin and Hobbes is that um he could have had every opportunity in the world to make Kelvin Hobbs t-shirts, Kelvin Hobbs pajamas, Kelvin Hobbs sleeping bags, Kelvin Hobbs underwear, Kelvin Hobbs the Saturday morning cartoon, Kelvin Hobbs the cereal. All the merchandise. Kelvin, I mean, and like who wouldn't have wanted at least a Hobbs stuffed tiger to personally have? A life-size Hobbs toy. I would have done anything for that when I was a kid. And he never crossed that line once. And Mm -hmm. for that, I will admire him till the end of time because... Again, these comics, I'm sure, has made him very, you know, not even sure. It, it has made him very successful. And I'm sure that, you know, he just lives in his house and he lives like a peaceful, chill life. But those toys could have made him even more money. And I love that he didn't do it because it's like the only way to get Kelvin and Hobbes is to go back to the books. It's the only yeah. way. There's no DVD, no Blu-ray you can buy. There's no... It's like, if you want this, you go to the books and that is it. And, um, like, um, there was a documentary made about Bill Watterson. He's actually not even in it. It's about a kid. It's about a guy who was a kid who was a fan of Calvin and Hobbes and he made a documentary about it. And, um, like he was talking about, you know, like Garfield, we were talking about briefly, like Garfield's made it into like Bank of America TV ads. God. And it's like now as an adult. If I saw something like that with Calvin, because once you start, once you start that path, sometimes it can't stop. And then right. it does get into the ownership of other people and it's out of your control. 
And that has got to be absolutely terrifying to see Kelvin on like, yes, you know, Northern Financial Mutual fucking CUNA credit commercial. You know what I mean? Like that would just be the worst. Talk about the quickest way to cheapen and water down something Mm -hmm. is just throw it up on a McDonald's ad or something it's just so gross exactly and we can say that because we work in advertising so we're professionals (laughs) and um (laughs) exactly we have done it (laughs) yes because we've ruined other people's lives with our shit we understand (laughs) it um but yeah and that is for that is something like till the end of time i will always admire about him because i think to cross that line that temptation had to have been there and he didn't do it and that's amazing and um Again, it only comes at the cost of us not getting a life-size doll of Hobbes, which would have been amazing, but (laughs) such is life. Um, And then there are those... um, There are those Kelvin peeing on things sticker. Um, Those always made me angry. (laughs) You always find them at, like, carnivals. Like the, you know what I mean? Like the two, what are the, like the touring fairs that go from like small town to small town? Yep. If you ever need a Kelvin peen on a Chevy logo sticker, go to your small town fair in the summertime and just win enough tickets to get the Kelvin peen on sticker. Um, so gross. It's so weird. Like of everything in the, that you could pick from Kelvin, why would Kelvin be mad at Chevrolet? Like I've never... <laughs> I've never understood that. Um, and there was an interview with Bill Waters and they talked to him about this. They're like, you know, hey, there's a lot of people out there making T-shirts and stickers and stuff like that with Kelvin urinating on objects. And he said, um, if Kelvin can be immortal through any means, I guess I'll allow this one. You know, like, huh. it, it doesn't matter. Like, he just, he was like, whatever. I It's yeah. not worth the legal hassle. If a carny wants to sell Kelvin peen on a Ford logo, go for it. <laughs> Well, that's very big of him to say, whatever, this will die out. <laughs> exactly. Because I think that anyone that knows Kelvin and Hobbes can see it, maybe chuckle, but not for the reason that the sticker right. wanted you to chuckle. But um, like I said, it's always just baffled me as to like the person, because somebody had to make it, didn't come out of thin air. Somebody had to sit down and design it and send it to a printer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, I guess that person was like, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, I fucking hate Chevrolet. I'm going to have Calvin P on it. <laughs> the, P, the, the owners at Chevrolet are like, I guess we better quit our jobs. Calvin's peeing our logo. <laughs> I mean, someone thought it was a good idea. And someone thought it was a good enough idea to put it on their car. So there you go. Put it on their car and put it on their t-shirt. Yeah, yep. I, I know I had growing up a couple of those t-shirts. And I think for me, it was more <laughs> just like, I think for me, it was always like, I was cool because I had a Kelvin and Hobbes merchandise when no one else did, even at the behest of it being absurd and ridiculous. So such is life. (laughs) But um, yeah, Kelvin and Hobbes, it's dope as fuck. There's, um, we were talking about the books. Um, There's a lot of them. Um, You were talking about the 10 year anniversary. I'll have to look into that one. Cause like you were saying, if it's got the commentary, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, There's the big, three book mega collection um if you are a fan of kelvin and Hobbes, it is a hundred percent worth it i don't know if you can get it digitally i don't think so um i have the actual physical books and actually thinking about it too these books have gone to uh they've gone 
to Canada with me, and they've also gone wow. to Wisconsin and now to Chicago with me as well. So they've definitely been along. There's there mine has uh, some scrapes and bruises on the outside, yeah. but thank God for that case because that means it happened to the case and not the book. So yeah, um, and then there are um, there are like Facebook groups that will share um, like today, you know, in whatever, 1987, this is the comic book that was released. Um, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I guess I can I can send you uh, uh, I can send you the link for that if you'd like on Facebook, but it's worth checking out. Here, let me just, well, I got people here. Yep, just Kelvin and Hobbs uh, okay. on Facebook. Yep, and they will share. It's through something called gocomics.com. Um, they share a link every single day um, and uh, again, it'll be like on this day in 1988, this was the comic that was, that was shared. So it's pretty cool. You get kind That's of like cool. a daily, daily reminder. And still this day I check them out and I read them. Actually today's comic, I actually have it up. I left it up. Uh, Susie is playing with a stuffed rabbit. She says, "Uh Oh, here comes Kelvin, which is already funny. Uh, <laughs> she goes, the incurable weirdness poster child. And then she goes, hey, Calvin, uh, what's up with the mask and bucket? So Calvin has like a black bandana tied around his eyes with the eyes cut out. And he goes, Hmph. and he goes, this is a poem. Please do what you're told. And here is a bucket of water, ice cold. Please take this water and dump it on me. Don't hesitate. Do it. ASAP. And then Susie stares at him and his eyes are closed, kind of in, like ready for this bucket of water to be poured at him. And then Susie gets this super evil grin on her face and Kelvin gets this insanely worried look on his face. <laughs> and then you see the next frame, Kelvin's walking back with the bucket of water on his head dripping wet. And he says to Hobbs, who is um, got a flag and he's in like a potato sack. And Kelvin said, just you, just, just wait till you touch the Pernokius poem place. Ooh, you'll be sorry then. And then Hobbs goes, Wee, I love playing Kelvin Ball. This is a bag flag zone. Kelvin Ball was another thing that they always used to oh. do where there was like dares and challenges. But see, like this is what we were talking about earlier. I don't know Pernocious? I guess I don't even know what this word means. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Fuck it. We're doing this live. I don't even That's care. That's the thing. Like, it would like throw these giant words in there. And I'm like 13. I'm like, I have no idea what this comic is trying to tell me, but it seems smart. <laughs> Pernocious. Pernocious. Per... Nicious. Oh, pernicious. Wow, ah. there we go. Intelligence level 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 right here. Uh, causing insidious harm or ruin, ruinous uh, or hurtful, deadly or fatal. So just wait till you touch the pernicious poem place. Oh, you'll be sorry. See what it's like? And it's like, yeah, dude, fucking way over my head. And I'm 34 years old and I went to college. <laughs> Fuck. I'm fucked. I'm ruined. But then it's like, it's Again, funny. in another 10. <laughs> exactly. But then it's just funny because it's like, you know, so Calvin Ball was a thing that Calvin Hobbes used to do where they, it was always like a, basically like a series of challenges that were completely absurd. And they usually kind of always stacked in Hobbes' favor to <laughs> so effectively embarrass Calvin and it worked every single time. So. That's awesome. But, um, but yeah, that's Calvin and Hobbes. Um, and I feel like we have to talk about the very last one, which I don't have up, but I kind of remember it. Here, let me, yeah, give me one second. Let me, let me get it out. Oh, are you pulling it up in the big book? Yeah, give me one second. <laughs> the Calvin and Hobbes Bible. The Calvin and Hobbes Bible. Like here, I'll over-exaggerate the sound effects. Like, ugh, there we go. Um, because to me, it's actually, uh, it's the most important one. Agreed. Yeah. 
Uh, do you have it up or do you want me to do it? Go, go ahead. I okay. The very last Calvin and Hobbes comic book is hard to explain, and I am not going to do it any justice, and um, I don't think anybody can. It's something that you really got to kind of see on your own, but it's yeah. uh, one of the elements, one of the things we were talking about, like Calvin and Hobbes always do things, um, and one of the things is sledding. That's always a big, big deal with Calvin and Hobbes is sledding and their adventures that they go on while sledding. So they're out in the middle of the woods. Uh, Calvin is leading Hobbes. Hobbes is carrying the sled. Kelvin says, wow, it really snowed last night. Isn't it wonderful? And Hobbes says, everything familiar has disappeared. The new world looks brand new. Kelvin says, a new year, a fresh, clean start. Hobbes, it's like having a big white sheet of paper to draw on, which is funny that a comic is saying this. That's one of the reasons I love it. Yeah. Kelvin says, a day full of possibilities. It's a magical world, Hobbes, old buddy. And the very last frame is them going down this hill, and it looks actually, I've always kind of interpreted that they're actually, like, above air. Like, they're, like, they, like, just went off of, like, a huge hump, and they're, like, Mm. airborne. And Calvin says, let's go exploring. And that is the last comic of Calvin and Hobbes. And, like, if you go through these books and you make it to that point and you don't get a little tear in your eye, you (laughs) might not be human because I don't know what is wrong with you to not feel those feels. Um, But it's my favorite one. Um... Like, I had it as my Facebook banner profile thing for, like, the Mm. longest time because it meant a lot to me, as I'm sure a lot of other fans out there as well. One thing that Watterson did say about the last one is he likes to think that they're still out there doing things, but he's just not recording it anymore. Yeah. Not documenting documenting it. So I I don't know. I love that. He didn't give it a sad ending. He didn't give it some lame (laughs) ending. He just kind of left it, you know, like we just walked away and they're still doing their thing. I don't know. It's brilliant. Kelvin is still out there and he is still being a little shit to Susie Durkins. Absolutely. (laughs) And and Hobbs is still tackling him every day he comes home. But that's the thing where it's like, you can always go back to that place again by going to these books. And that Mm -hmm. is, that's the amazing part of what he did was he gave you this whole world and he gave you 10 years of history of it to say, yeah, you know, take this as you will Calvin's always there when you need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need a smile, if you need a laugh, if you need a little bit of humanity back in your life, he's right there and he's waiting for you. <laughs> I think as a little kid too, like this is one of the, or as a young person, I don't know, it kind of showed to me the importance of what art can be, you know, and because this really had an impact on me and still does. And it's a comic strip. It's basic. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, but it's, it's, it's this masterful art piece that it just goes to show what you can do and i I think it's also like it definitely inspired me as well like again in terms of like drawing and thinking of um um you know letting your imagination run which i would imagine you and i are both in a creative field so i would imagine we had that as kids that you kind of you don't really fall Mm -hmm. into our job you kind of seek it out a little bit and um And what I really like, too, about comics and what he did really well is, again, telling this story in the shortest amount of time. Um, Hmm. And that is something that I've always really admired is that, like, how do you tell a story of, like, you know, going back to, like, years where Calvin loses Hobbes? How do you tell that story in three frames that's going to be shown one day in a comic strip on a newspaper? You know what I mean? Like, that's... It's really impressive. And I think he did a masterful job at that of... And that's why I love comics is like i'm a i'm a person that believes like deadlines and restrictions actually create um creativity and 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 push people to come up with stronger better ideas 
And I think that's a huge result in the comic book as well. Um, yeah. I've seen, again, how do you tell a story in only three or four pictures is pretty freaking dope. So Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear we're both Kelvin and Hobbs, Hobbs fans. Um, it was fun returning returning to these uh, to, to, like I said, kind of catch up randomly on some of these as um, we prepared for this episode. Um, anything else, Kelvin and Hobbs? Yeah, no. Bill Watterson, if you're out there, we miss you. We love you. <laughs> we miss you. We love you. Yeah, I will 100% agree with that sentiment. Thank you. Thank you for making what you did. And uh, yeah, uh, there is, there is, have you seen the documentary? I have. Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah, it was, of course I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I think it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, I'll have to go back and check. Cause yeah, it was, it, the, the documentary too was, was really touching and I like that he's not even in it. You know, right. the whole thing's about him. It talks about his childhood and his upbringing um, and how you can see the world that he grew up in is then reflected in the comics in terms of, like, the trees and the colors. Um, and that was another thing, too, we didn't really talk about either. Like, he does uh, just, like, like single-frame paintings of Kelvin's world, and those are also yes. really cool. And those um, um, are definitely, like, those are some of my favorite bits too, where you just get a single frame, but it wasn't even for the, 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 um, newspapers. It was like just for the books and for himself. Right. And those are amazing because it's like watercolor with pen and ink and oh my God, they're amazing. Yeah. Really so good. beautiful. Yo, Bill Watterson. Yeah. I wonder what he is doing these days. I don't know. I don't know. Bill Watterson, it's the you show show, man. You contact me and that would be amazing. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, that's, that's, that's a dream. Um, well, um, I don't, if there's anything else that you want to talk about, Kelvin Hobbs, I want to make sure I'm not taking anything away from you. No, no. I think we've, we've, uh, we've said, we've said a lot. <laughs> if you've never seen Kelvin and Hobbs, seriously, please, you can find it. There are ways to find it online for free. It's definitely worth uh, your time to check it out, explore it. Um, I recommend it. Janine, I think you recommend it. Um, 10 out of 10, totally worth your time. Super adorable, super amazing comic. Totally worth all of your time to check it out and, and, and research and investigate it. So, yeah. uh, well, thank you for being here today, Janine. I do appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. And um, we will be back next week to talk about The Far Side, another great and uh that one is way more bizarre comic than calvin and hobbs <laughs> calvin and hobbs is heartfelt the far side is bizarre and weird and strange which is why i like it so <laughs> uh all right everybody i still don't know how to end this so bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>